Hi everyone and welcome to the 55 and 5 podcast. I'm your host Roxy and in today's episode I have a very special guest. Please join me in welcoming Matt, one of our incredibly talented writers. Matt has written everything from blogs to white papers, infographic to posters, case study to one pagers and maybe even more in his spare time. So I've met up with him today in a safe environment, by the way, to discuss a burning topic that keeps coming up in our conversations. And that is Microsoft Teams versus SharePoint. Welcome, Matt. Hi, everybody. It's really nice to be here. Well, good to have you on the podcast, Matt. As you know, uh, earlier this year, and for obvious reasons, remote working has exploded. And it doesn't look like it's ever going to return to its pre-March levels anytime soon. In many ways, Microsoft Teams has become the breakout star of the year. And since its launch in 2017, the app has become an overnight hit. Three years down the line, a whole new user base uh, discovered the app and its popularity has only grown since. But interestingly, it's not just the pandemic that's that's made Teams so popular. It reflects a, a wider change in the way we work, which has has accelerated vastly this year. It's been it's been a massive catalyst, but it didn't come out of nowhere. It's been happening for ten years, and it'll continue long after the age of social distancing and mask wearing. But the interesting question is is what role Teams is playing in this, and how pivotal it has been in leading people towards that destination. And one of the things that I'm really interested about is why we aren't talking about the stratospheric rise of SharePoint Online, Yammer, or even Outlook. It's all to do with this idea of a modern workplace. In many ways, Teams has become the base of operations for a mobile workplace in a way that other apps simply never could have managed. And of course, chat and video conferencing is a massive part of this, but it's about so much more than that. So today we're going to explore that. And I want to discuss what the Teams success story might mean for the other software we use every day. We ask the question, can SharePoint and Yammer continue to survive in a world so dominated by Teams? Wow. Now, Matt, those are all really big questions, and I'm not sure we can answer all of them between us two. So it kind of seems like we need some reinforcement in this situation. And uh, I kind of wanted to ask, like, do you have anyone in mind that we could ask to join this debate? It's interesting you say that because I had just the person for this situation. So I've been talking recently to Leslie Crook, who is the modern workplace consultant at Simity, who are a a Teams collaboration and and modern workplace expert. She's also a a Microsoft MVP. She works in the adoption and change management space. Um, And the folks at Simity specialize in Teams meeting rooms and telephony, and they live and breathe Teams like nobody else. So it's only natural that she'd give us something to say on the subject. Let's get going. Hi there, Leslie. Nice to have you here. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what you get up to with the Simity team? Thank you. Um, I'm just flattered that you've um, asked me to take part in your podcast. So it's it's a real honour. So thank you very much, guys. Um, That's no problem, so, Leslie. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Um, so I live in Brighton with my husband, Steve, and um, we've got two dogs. So we go out and do lots of walking down here on the downs and by the sea. Um, so my background, um, I've worked for over 20 years at the global healthcare company, GSK. Um, and I kind of, my, my role back then, I started as an, an exec administrator, an office manager, and, and that was on the supply chain um, logistics side of the company. And they, at that point, they had over 100 factories. And I was very much at kind of like the go-to person, the person that was um, seemed to, because I ended up being there so long, kind of like the, the bit of a know-all about 
um, who to go to and uh, who's, you know, kind of subject matter experts to point people in the right direction. Um, so I started to kind of like get this communications role. So I ended up moving into manufacturing communications. Um, and then um, I that's when I started kind of like taking my first steps into the digital world, but not quite realizing what I was going into because my background had very much been kind of like um, office administrator side of it. So I started moving into websites and creating the first websites for that part of the business and um, ended up um, becoming SharePoint queen near enough. Um, lots of, um, I started off creating lots of SharePoint sites for different parts of the company um, and uh, basically um, guiding others on how to create SharePoint sites. But SharePoint then was really, really hard. It wasn't like it is now. It's, it's, it's really easy to create um, SharePoint sites. But um, so it was a little bit frustrating, but um, I learned a lot and, you know, just kept on um, plugging in and um, learning along the way. I also ran lots of leader events and conferences um, and um, managed massive email distribution lists for um, senior leader email cascades. I also managed the reward and recognition program, um, which was a lovely thing to do in the uh, manufacturing supply chain, again, across kind of like 100 factories. Um, then I moved into corporate communications for GlaxoSmithKline. I went into the digital team. Um, and then I got training in something called Lean Sigma, which changed me completely, um, really upskilled me and gave me, armed me with a lot of kind of like more... Um, kind of measured ways of working more and made me think more analytically about what I was doing gave me kind of like um, more um, templates and forms to um, to give me a better idea of why I was doing things and how to measure um, and Lean Sigma is about cutting out that basically it's about cutting out wasteful ways of working and it's really used in on production lines in factories and um, it's about um, continuous improvement as well. So always looking to achieve more and um, best practices. So what I took from that, from the role that I had was cutting out wasteful ways of working in kind of like office situations. And to me, the wasteful way of working was working in email. And at the same time, um, I started to hear coming in through the back door, kind of like enterprise social networking. And so that was introduced as a disruptive technology by um, some IT graduates. And I got to hear about it one way or another, um, that they were using this thing called Yammer. Um, and I got invited to join because I'm just inquisitive and like to hear about all the new things that are happening kind of like in, um, you know, that can, might be able to save you time in the way you work. So I started to get on board with Yammer in the company and slowly but surely it became, it became a huge part of my professional life. Um, and I became like the lead um, go-to point of, on Yammer for, um, uh, for, for kind of like corporate communications and manufacturing. Um, and slowly but surely, I ended up becoming the IT business partner from corporate communications with the Yammer um, IT team that were based mostly in the US. So I started working really closely with the four guys um, out there. And we helped um, create this tipping point within GSK of it got to about 50,000 users. So the company had about 100,000 headcount and we got it well over halfway. And then I got I, my boss basically said to me, because it wasn't like my true, you know, part of my true objectives. It was something I was sort of doing on the side and he was letting me get on with it, but equally saying, don't cost us any money and um, you've got to get all your other work done, which I was doing. But um, 
it got to a point where he said to me, look, Yammer's going really well. I want you to kind of back away from this, this you know, some other things I want you to do. But he started to pull me back into work that I really wasn't interested in. I'd been there a long time. Um, and I thought, so I'm going to leave, which was like such a shock to me because it's the sort of company where it kind of like it's, kind of like golden handcuffs sort of thing that you feel like you can't leave it's great pension and all that sort of thing but I thought there's more I can do I've learned so much with this kind of lean sigma training plus this new thing called Yammer and enterprise social networking I thought I want to help other companies this is like the new the new big thing so I decided to leave which was a great shock for not just for me but for everyone that I knew there and then the shock of actually I had no work for nearly two years because my gut feeling was actually too soon. Um, so I was like on this train and I couldn't get off. I had all this new knowledge and experience. Um, so I blogged about my experience of how Yammer was taking, um, had set in its, set, set in its place at GSK. Um, I blogged about 10 success stories. I presented at conferences where I could, extremely nervous and anxious because I've sort of thinking I'm not a professional conference speaker and that's been, a big part of me building up my confidence over the years but um but I did it I carried on um I kept trying to get work and there were lots of coffee meetings and people picking my brains about what I knew and then walked away with a really long notebook of my thoughts and ideas and then a story getting work but at the same time I got an MVP award um from um so that's Microsoft's most valuable professionals which is a bit of a ridiculous title very American but I'm very grateful for it that program's been running over 20 years and it's really aimed at people that are um, uh, in development technology that are the coders so I'm suddenly this new breed of um, user adoption specialist um, that's got a very very different background in communication so it was a, it was a great honor to receive award and I'm now on my fourth year um, for how I helped nurture Yammer and how I've helped you know try to help other companies but so it was you know a lovely award to get that opened doors for me but it did take a long time for me to start to actually get in work so um, I ended up moving into kind of like the Microsoft partner network that I started to discover but at the same time now Teams Microsoft Teams was um, pushing its way up and kind of like pushing Yammer it's little it's kind of sister to one side and it was getting bigger and bigger um but equally for people like me that uh, know yammer really well as far as we're concerned teams and yammer are better together but that's a whole other story so um but now wow. i'm now i'm at Civity, so that's sorry about the long but there is quite a history on how to get this but i'm now i'm at Simity and i joined there about six months ago um and my role is kind of got three arms to it so I'm a digital marketeer so I'm now on LinkedIn and um, Twitter officially for Simity which is like me naturally breathing I absolutely love it but I'm also a Teams user adoption um, trainer now so I, I run sessions on um, on how to use Teams um, so that's kind of like the more tactical side and then um, I actually are kind of like a, a, a Teams champion community strategist so I help build up teams um champion communities so um so that's in a kind of like a bit of a rambling in a nutshell <laughs> sorry that's 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 really interesting leslie and um i think what's what's really great about the story is the the journey from 
Yammer through SharePoint and and now to Teams. It's it's like as your your story with mm. Microsoft technology and towards becoming an MVP has evolved, so has the technology you're using. Mm. Um, and and how would you say that that's led you up to to where we are now with Teams sort of becoming the breakout star of 2020? What's changed in that story in this sort of last year? Well, I think well we've got the pandemic and that's really accelerated and driven the need for you know for easy remote working in the cloud and you know it's been the scale of it has been so fast but it's kind of like been a gift as well um and that's what we're hearing from our from our customers that if there's anything that's positive that's come out of the pandemic um it is the you know the realization that you can work from home you can work from anywhere um as long as you've got you know powerful enough wi-fi and you've you've got you know good hardware and um it, that has been absolutely amazing that it's given people a work-life balance like they've never known before um but um but equally um teams is the replacement for skype for business which is being decommissioned early early next year um and you know, with the Skype for Business, that has got telephony meetings and chat, which is all very good because they work brilliantly. But what you get with Teams, and this is what is the exciting bit about it, is that Teams can actually run a business. You can't run Skype for, you can't run a business for business. Skype for Business or Zoom, you can, you know, communicate over there and you can have all of these, you know, um, virtual meetings and you can have instant messaging and things like that. But it, it doesn't give you kind of like this, this backbone of file management and intranet as well and collaboration. So that's, that's been the, the, the star, you know, as you said, the, um, the exciting thing and the, the star breakout of 2020 that's getting people excited about Teams. And it's also got you know, all these additional products that are really easy to plug in, like um, Planner and OneNote and uh, Forms and, um, you know, and, and also real scaled up meetings, live meetings, which can have thousands of people joining. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, that's, I think that, that is the game changer of using Teams over just um, Zoom and um, Skype for Business. What do you think in your um, in your perspective is the most exciting about, thing about Teams off the top of your head? Well, I'm saying Planner, to be honest, which sounds really boring. Um, do, you know, do you guys use Planner at all? It's yeah. really useful. Yeah, it's suddenly with the, our customer, the uh, Department for Works and Pensions, DWP, the things we're hearing about how they're using Planner, um, it's, yeah, that that seems to be a really big one that's coming through, and also yeah. I've said, as I said, live events as well. I I mean, there's a, a lot of changes this this year, of course, but have you seen a change in the way that people use Teams in 2020? Um, well, from my perspective, when I joined Simity, and I was all about collaboration because of my background in Yammer. So Yammer is all about collaboration. But joining Simity, they are specialists in what's known as unified communications, which is, um, you know, the kit that you get in your real space meeting rooms. And telephony, which is basically running call centers and help desk. So that's Skype for business element, you know, on a large scale. So that's, um, so it's bringing together the idea of, you know, collaboration as you had it, you know, in Yammer, 
um, where people are talking to each other in real time and you know sharing the work and sharing their ideas but bringing it all together with um, you know the telephony side of it and the meetings and the chat as well so, so from the perspective of um, it depends on where you're sitting so some companies um, are only interested in teams for that portion of Skype for business, the telephony side, which is driving their call centers or their help desks. But a lot of companies are coming from it from the collaboration side. But equally, the scale of live meetings is, you know, another big part of it as well. So that it, there are kind of like three or four huge elements to using teams. But depending on your organization, um, you might want to be more focused on one part of it than another part. That's really interesting. And I think you, the the real appeal of Teams is its ability to do all of those those things you talked about, like the, mm. the Skype for business, the telephony, the meeting rooms, the chat, the collaboration, is the ability to do all of those things in the same place. And that's kind of what we're really interested in, is the, is the idea of Teams not just as enterprise social or a replacement for Skype for business, but as this, this sort of more three-dimensional yeah. base of operations for a hybrid or, or a remote workplace. And how do you how do you see Teams rising to that challenge as of becoming this kind of base of operations well it's you know it's it's very much on its on 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 the right track but as i said it's playing a catch-up game depending on the the sector you're in what your business is doing on how you will um jump on you know any particular element and it's not for me to say it's going to be this direction or that direction because it can be taken using teams you can be really creative on how you create your team and we that's what we tell as part of the the training that we give with our customers it's the, the amount of creativity that you can put into creating a team is so enormous so um you know you can also now on the development side add in um bots as well so um you can have bots which are um we create them in um Symmetry, which is like a requester bot um, where to, re to request the service. So uh, we've seen them, I've uh, got two examples. Um, so at the, for DWP, we've created a, um, a, a request the desk bot. So it's for um, requesting a basically a desk in, um, in one of their offices by um, desk site location building that's a, a desk that's been cleaned down and um, that it's COVID safe. Um, so there's a quick request the desk bot that then is managed behind the scenes by um, the um, probably the HR, not the HR people, that the um, the facilities management people that they make sure that that desk is you know free of other people sitting around it, that it's been you know completely cleaned down and that it's been allocated to someone in the in the right place of where they need to be for um, that um, you know period um, in the coming week. And then there's also um, the DWP we've seen a um, request request a team bot, so they've got a slightly different process than how you usually request a team. Um, and also another one that they're building up for early next year is the frequently asked questions bot. So they got this from our training sessions that we've run. We have been collating questions that come out of the end of the training sessions, and that's a really lengthy Excel. Um, Excel spreadsheet. So that's now being turned into a, a FQ bot, which will sit in teams in the left rail. And what's really interesting is all of these things are sort of existing technologies from around the Microsoft 365 suite, which have been yeah. brought into Microsoft 
teams. And I know we were having a conversation about this with regards to your work with DWP, that um, that you're you're building this space for the for their people to act as sort of change champions for teams and and helping guide the transition to that that new way of working. Could you could you perhaps talk about that a little bit? This sort of work you're doing with DWP and the digital pioneers. Yeah, it's been immense, and it's been one of the the most brilliant things I've ever worked on in my career. I mean, I've worked on some big things, especially at, um, you know, in a company the size of GlaxoSmithKline. But um, the people that I'm working with at Simity and at um, in the public sector in um, DWP, I've got to call them out because they are exceptional, a great sense of humour and um, um, really, really enjoyed um, the work that I'm doing with them. So I've been, as I said, I've been for five months and DWP has been real enough my um, my main um, customer that I'm supporting. So um, they started to, to deploy teams about five months ago and it's an audacious, hairy, scary goal that they had to roll out teams to over 100,000 employees at, you know, at speed. Um, but we've now, it was just announced yesterday by their um, digital director, um, he put a, po- a lovely post up on LinkedIn, basically kind of like as a as a marker of how far we've come, um, you know, shouting out to his to his staff and also thanking um, Simity that we've managed to upskill and train 30,000 employees, which we can't quite believe it ourselves. So we've been running, um, it's kind of like two angles of the approach that we've um, um, embedded um, uh, in the last couple of months. So it's a bottom-up training approach and a top-down approach. So we've been able to scale the numbers because of live events. So my colleagues, um, Dan and Kevin, I've got to shout them out, Ray, and have I said everyone, Ray, Dan, Kevin, must probably miss someone, um, and Rich, and Rich, they've run live event training. So they can really scale up um, and have over... Sometimes they've had 2,000 people on their training sessions that last um, up to an hour, and they do a Q&A chat at the end of it as well. Um, amazing sessions. But I just get involved in my sessions that, I've, that I own now are running the Teams meeting, um, and I've had a maximum, I think, of up to 170 people on team owners training. So that's basically just taking them through managing their settings and what their responsibilities are of being a team owner in, um, in DWP. So then um, so those sessions, we've ended up creating like a learning pathway of t- up to 10 um, different types of training sessions that they can, the staff can go through depending on their role. Um, and but so I was asked to create a change champion community that was kind of going in a way bottom, bottom down. So the unusual thing about this is to usually when you create a change community, you usually do it by spotlighting or um, or, or finding people to volunteer or people are kind of like de- uh, delegated by their bosses or IT will say so-and-so usually likes to get involved in new technology and people are kind of like either push forward or, or they volunteer themselves and that often falls by the wayside it just often just doesn't work but the way it was done at DWP it was decided and the guys in uh, the C and CS team the communications collaboration services team they decided to do it another way and it's really worked so they basically let teams roll out for I think it was about three months two and a half months and then I kind of like uh, joined Simity so they had about 1300 team owners that now created teams um, and so 
they looked at the back-end analytics on the user engagement and utilization, and they could see from um, those statistics who were high-end users. So then they kind of cut a line across of the top 100, and that's where we started with our change champion community. We ended up after a number of deciding of what we were going to call them, because they decided that champions wasn't kind of the right term or something for one reason or another. So we decided on the brilliant name of, um, which wasn't my idea, of pioneers. So, um, and from that, we've um, scoped out um, kind of three lots of workshops that we take these champions through. And the first one being a pioneer is called Discovery. So, um, so over the last couple of months, we've, through continuous improvement, um, we've started to roll out these, step them through these three workshops. And it's, it's worked an absolute, um, worked, worked really, really well. We've just pleasantly surprised and when you know the, the stories we're hearing on how these people are using teams and how it's changed their job and you know working from home and all the difficulties around working from home some of these people have been in um the in dwp for like 20 years but the passion they've got around using teams has just it's just they're loving what they're doing and loving trying to help, you know, and nurture their colleagues along. So the discovery workshop that I run, and I've now run, I'm just going to look at my list, about 15 of these, I think, since the 5th of October. So we've run, um, we have to step all of them through and we try not to make the sessions um, too big. So usually we have about 10 people um, joining each time. And the, the discovery workshop is in three parts. So we introduce them to to basically change management strategy and we walk them through without them realizing it the ADCAR model and um, ADCAR is a uh, is a stepped approach of uh, basically awareness desire knowledge ability and reinforcement and we kind of introduce those, that idea to them without it being too explicit and boring them so I take take them through things like the change curve of resistance um, what the idea of a growth mindset and um, and uh, working out loud um, and um, I also introduced them to what it's uh, this thing that I've created a little model called um, getting the pioneers to help to scale teams and they are actually um, five fictitious roles that they are operating under those fictitious roles in teams and they are pivoting switching hats within seconds. So one minute they might be this kind of astronaut, the next minute they could be a thought leader, next minute they could be an entertainer, then they're a scientist and a reporter. Um, but equally, they're still just getting their job, job done. So there's, there's these little models that I walk, walk them through as well. And then the, the big thing that we introduce them, and we think it might be a surprise to hear this, and it might be a surprise to people listening to this, is the idea of empathy. And this is basically, um, introducing empathy into the into a public sector department it may have you know it sounds like what, what on earth is she talking about but it's this understanding of the the feelings this is what i've got it in front of here the feeling of others who might experience a degree of anxiety due to perhaps to new ways of working so we want to instill this this idea of that these pioneers have got empathy and real understanding that this is a massive change that we're asking people to go through um some people have only just got their heads around using skype within dwp we've got people that senior leaders but we've also um you know this department looks you know it's got all the job centers it's about i don't know how many job centers there are in the uk we think this might be eight thousand. 
So we've got people right now in the job centres that we're asking now to use Teams that have only just got used to using Skype. But equally, trying to encourage them to use less email, um, attach less documents, use SharePoint. So there's a lot that, that's being thrown at them and they're working from home. So then, um, so that's kind of like the change management strategy. And then we take them into um, the resources and tactics that we we can introduce them to make this, this onerous task easier. And they've kind of like fun resources and tactics that include playing kind of like this thing called Teams Bingo, this scavenger hunts. Um, there's an, a, a little thing called Less Email Campaign and there's gift challenges. And we finish off the session with um, introducing them to the Microsoft whiteboard, which is built into Teams meetings. And we do a brainstorm with them where um, I shut up talking about all of these um, change management models and we start to hear from them. But this is to help them to write up their success stories so far, which is a big deal. And that comes from the ABCAR model of reinforcement. And we need to capture um, their kind of like old story they're, they're kind of like all their current state if they're still you know getting to grips with teams but we want to hear either how they're now working in teams or their future vision of how they they want to change how they work and how their um, colleagues are working in their projects and their departments and how they can see that by using maybe planner or OneNote, um you know plugging that in going forward it's going to change how they work but it's creating this community where they can reach out for each other for each other and share these stories um, and you know bring the others along so we bring them together in a team's site which is and um, they only get invited to that that team site once they've decided that after the discovery workshop that they want to definitely sign up and become a pioneer and we do that with them by creating this fear of uh, FOMO of fear of missing out because we say to them if you would like to now after everything you've heard um, if you would like to join our pioneer program um, you need to fill out this Microsoft form at the end of it um, give us feedback about the, the workshop because of course we'd like to continuously improve the training um, and if you do decide to come back and go to the next level on our go beyond workshop you will get a digital um, pioneers badge on your intranet profile and you'll also be given access to the team's pioneer hub now they love the idea of getting a digital badge um, and they're all very excited about that but equally also the, the resources that I kind of stepped them through in the team's meeting they want to get their they want to get their hands on that so it's a dangling a carrot but we do say to them we understand, you know, really busy at this time, you're working from home. If this is not right for you at this time, we're not going to pressurise you. Um, if you want to join up next year, that's absolutely fine. But we've had like 90% uptake. So we've now got um, over nearly 100 um, champions, which is a fantastic number. But in the scale of 100,000 employees, it's still tiny. But we've, we do find out from... The next session that they come back to which is called the go beyond workshop we do um give them a good about seven minutes each to hear what they've been working on hear about their pain points and challenges and how they're um from their colleagues that you know don't want to are resisting the change um they show us their um their team site their channels the products that they've they've added in um and it's starting then from that point we can start to help document those success stories so we've now documented i think about 15 um which are amazing and um there's probably be about another 10 to write up um anytime soon um so um so that's 
basically um, the, the step through that we go. And then from that, the third kind of workshop that I've now um, created, and we've done, I think we've done one version of it, I'm doing another one tomorrow running that, is, is we've now do some drop-in clinics. So we now, now we've now kind of like pinpointed that 100 people, we could definitely hear what they needed more of. So this is where we've done drop-in clinics, which are around how to use planner, how to use, um, uh, well, SharePoint is a big one because that is, as we said, the backbone of Teams. So there is quite a lot of confusion around um, how to manage your files in SharePoint and the concerns about um, transferring kind of like your file taxonomy, um, file share taxonomy, and that's how that can relate into, you know, a Teams share. So DWP run their own sessions on um, SharePoint, run kind of like the sessions on Planner and OneNote and um, and things like that. So, and I run a session which does a deeper dive on adoption, and that is a train the trainer approach. So we've created a pack, which is by the end of it, I'm upskilling the, the pioneers to then go back into their into their own teams and run kind of like um, sessions around user adoption and how to get people over there. I think we picked out kind of like the, the eight main pain points and challenges that people are voicing and kind of like give them a response on how to get over that. But at the end of all of this, the problem they've got is the fact that Skype still exists within the business. It will be decommissioned in January. So basically we're telling them, don't beat yourselves up too much. I'd say by Easter, it will probably be, you won't even remember what Skype was. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like, that, that's the the, the, the wrong for them. So, and it's been such a pleasure to work with these people. Amazing. Wow, that's, Leslie, that sounds like the stories that you you, you were able to tell us sound absolutely fantastic. And it's it, it almost seems like Teams has become, can I say, a a work-life changing experience for organizations pretty i guess pretty much yeah <laughs> i mean i thought yammer was amazing um yeah. <laughs> but yammer yammer's mostly around conversation where teams mm. are usually around a document or a meeting i think that's the yeah the, yeah usually yammer is more conversational mm -hmm. but so, i'm yeah. almost to be honest with you so hearing these stories i'm almost afraid to ask uh this question what limitations do you think Teams has in terms of becoming an organization's digital workplace? Um, I don't think it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it because Microsoft every three weeks or so are shipping more features. So there is this huge. Um, I can't remember what, what it's exactly called, but there is this this database that you can go into um i think it's i don't know if it's just for mvps but you go in there and you can really tell them what you don't like and what you're having difficulty with and the, the real purpose of an mvp as well is to give feedback to microsoft they really want to hear what doesn't work and how things can be improved and um, we, we often invited to collect hackathons and things like that and they really want us to throw like I don't want to swear, but they really want—they really want the honest opinion, so that they can continuously improve the product and do it at speed fast. So, I think the next—you know—the next things that are coming in is um, artificial intelligence. Um, that's been, you know, heavily invested in one way or another, um, for, and particularly in the health for healthcare technology. Um, that's where Microsoft, you know, are, are, have got a real. Um, 
um, you know, hearts, heart and soul around, you know, improvements in the healthcare, in healthcare technology around and also, uh, ex, you know, ex, accessibility with the tools as well. It's kind of like really, really important area that the tools, you know, everything that they design is really accessible for anyone that's got any special needs. And that's where most of the designs have come from because someone had a special need at some point that's why something's been brought in that's why the trackpad's there that's why you've got a mouse that's why you use headsets you know it's it's there um that's why they've got dictate in a lot of the um a lot of the products um because someone had a, a special need and that's how microsoft has helped people you know continue to do their best work so that, I Leslie. can't really see any limitations. <laughs> it's just getting bigger and bigger. So. Well, that's we okay. Really, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's always interesting to at least consider the other side of the story. But it's been yeah. it's been really interesting hearing your your story of how you've worked with the the DWP people and sort of enabling positive change and and improving the way people work. It's it's a really sort of inspiring tale of of mm. how teams can work in action and and all the things as you know. It, you know, we're in technology. We talk all the time about how teams can change the way people work, but it's 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 really interesting to actually hear the sort of the the reality of that and how that impacts end users on the ground. So it's it's been it's been really interesting having having that conversation with you, Leslie. So thank you very much thank for you. that. Thank you so much. It's been really interesting, kind of thinking it all through as well and mapping it out. Again, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it was that bit and that bit and that bit. So, so thank you for thank you for the opportunity. Thanks very much. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast today. Thank you.